Welcome to the Creating Structure podcast with John Wheaton. Uh, glad to have you. This is our sixth podcast. It's been great so far. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of our community today. It's my privilege to welcome Rose Dostal to the show. Rose of RMD Designs. Rose, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, John. Great to have you. So, Rose, you are a registered architect, right? Yes. Yeah. You have an ASID, which is what? Yeah. So I, I am also an AIA, right? So registered architects, that, that appellation is for registered architects. And ASID is for the, um, uh, oh gosh, it's one of those things, you know, it's always in, uh, I know what it is. And then now it's um, American Society of Interior Designers. I see. Okay. Well, there's a lot to get into with you, um, but first, why don't you um, tell us who you are, where you're from, where you went to school, that kind of thing. What's your background? Okay, so, well, Rose Dostal. Um, I uh, was born in the Philippines, okay. and actually, my parents were both professionals and uh, they thought that uh, that it was better for them to move from the Philippines to the land of opportunity mm-hmm. so and here we are um, gosh that's a long story right there how old, um, how old were you when you when you uh, moved here so I was 10 and because my mom, well, she's retired now, but because she was a, um, a physician, uh, she had to go through so many, so many um, hoops and um, with, with the immigration laws back then, um, it was very hard. So she actually came here via Canada first. Okay. And, and um, but even before that, my dad who was a civil engineer what? he would like that a civil yeah. engineer what was yes. yeah <laughs> uh she he he was a civil engineer and he was actually in charge of the infrastructure of some of what you see in the philippines now i i, I wish i really delved <clears throat> into that um but he's passed on mm. uh, but um you know at that time, they were going, the Philippines were starting to get uh, into martial law and they were, he was able to get, get us out of there before then. But, but um, because there were seven kids, he, he couldn't take all of us with him. So he had to, he had to fly out first uh, without his wife, without his seven kids, could you imagine? Mm. Um, it is tough. And um, when he got here, I think he lived in Chicago first. When he got here, he he couldn't practice his civil engineering. Uh, he was actually frying French fries at McDonald's. Wow. And then uh, he did that for a few months. And then uh, he just obviously couldn't save enough money doing that. And uh, so he he was looking around for engineering jobs. And I'm sure if my, my brothers and sisters were listening, they probably would say, oh, you've got it all, all the, all the time, the time schedule wrong, yeah. but I'll try the best I can. But anyway, so, so he finally gets a job in Canada uh as um a surveyor okay and so it was the closest thing he can do as an engineer so so he did that and and, you know in the you know canada's weather we were in winnipeg manitoba oh you were in winnipeg yes oh my goodness it's cold up there very cold yeah, especially as a civil engineer, it's freezing cold. Now, was he so, there? Was he there by himself, or at this time he, he was brought- there? He was there by himself for for just a, a just a little bit, and then he was able to to um, 
save up enough money for a plane fare for my mother. So then, so then uh, we were parentless for, I, I, I think about a year because then they were both in Canada saving enough money for seven plane fares. Oh. Um, youngest of us were, he was, he was two years old. So, which meant that they were worried about having the oldest being 12 and the youngest being two to fly by ourselves um, from the Philippines to Canada. And, you know, that's a two-day trip and about three legs of different planes, I think. And we almost lost one sibling during all of that. And the last leg, we were split. I remember we were split in two. And that was about Christmas Eve. Wow. Uh, Did you stay with your grandparents or an aunt and uncle in Philippines? Yes, we stayed with we stayed with my grandmother. She raised us for about a year. It must must uh, have been excruciating for your mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they trusted that that. She would take care of us sure. pretty well. So, yeah. but just not having us there—that was that was something. Yeah. But, but one of the reasons. Oh, and and um, there could be a part two to this uh, that we have an interesting we have an interesting history prior to this whole moving to to Canada and then to U.S. Um, and it has to do with Aborigines. So next time I'll tell you all about that. But, my um, goodness, I'm already I'm ready to write yeah. the next chapter. That sounds yeah, yeah I, peak. But so there's so the next part will be the next time you said. Yes, the next part. You'll have to ask me about the Aborigines story. I'll write but, it down. Uh, um, <laughs> and so there were seven children, ages seven children, twelve, flying two days from the Philippines to Winnipeg, Manitoba. The Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yes. Uh, Christmas Eve. What a great present, right? Uh, You can't top that. And um, um, the first time I saw like real snow was in Winnipeg. And and that was quite a shocker because, well, you know, I'm probably, I I don't know, like four, four feet tall at that time. And the snow was taller than me. When we went the next day, snow in Winnipeg. oh yeah, I, I thought, oh wow, where is this place? Um, but it, it, it was just, it, it was quite an adventure. I mean, my whole life, we had just a great adventure. And, and, and my parents, they did such an awesome job raising us, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and some of that, hopefully I've, uh, you know, I kind of, um, borrowed some of the parenting and and I, I you know my my kids are I have grown and on their own and they're they're very successful in their own right. That's so. great. But yeah so back to Canada uh, we were there for how about a year and a half uh, and then finally my my mom because she had to follow where where um how does it go uh she had to she had to go through her internship all over again Mm because she she was a full-fledged um doctor in the philippines she was actually a a pediatrician obstetrician but here she decided she's just gonna do a family practice and so even with that, she still has to go through an internship. She had to find a hospital that would accept her. And then whatever the next one is, residency, training, yeah. uh, fellowship. So each time we would always move wherever she would find um, those openings. So a year and a half in Canada, uh, then she found one in, in uh, here in this area. And we've stayed here ever since. But but uh, for about a year, she did find uh, her, I think it might have been her residency in Louisiana. So the family split uh, for about that time. 
um, but I was in college then. Uh, but uh, I, I did spend about a quarter at Kent State in the School of Architecture mm-hmm. during that time. And uh, during that time, it was just too difficult. And, and uh, so I ended up just partying at Kent State. Um, <laughs> and, and so my dad said, oh, no, no, uh, you're, you're coming back home. And, uh, and so... I had to kind of, you know, pay for that. I uh, ended up working for, get this, um, I stopped college for a while and went to work full time at an engineering firm. Uh, It's called Byers Engineering. I'm not sure if they're still around anymore, Mm -hmm. but they were uh, electrical and mechanical and plumbing. engineering firm and I worked my way from being a draftsman to uh, a junior designer and I was I was designing uh, uh, HVAC and I used to see drawings Cleveland Clinic drawings and I would just I would just see all like like just a bunch of lines after lines after lines and as an architectural student I'm like Ah, you know, I I did that for, I, I don't know, I think a year and a half as well, or maybe two years. Um, then I decided, okay, enough of this. Um, and uh, I got into uh, the architectural program at OSU. Oh, at OSU. Yeah, so my degree is from OSU. I see. Yeah. So you entered architecture school at, at, I love this. This is so good. So Manila to Winnipeg to Cleveland area, stint a little partying (laughs) at Kent State, back home, school of hard knocks, doing MEP as a drafts person. um, And then now OSU architecture school. That's right. And And then you stuck there through the architecture program. I did. I did. I actually finished. And at the same time, I was I was working with um, Bowman BBJ. It was called Bowman BBJ at the time. I was doing my internship. And um, and then worked there until we moved. Um, we moved. When did we move? Um couple years probably after I graduated. You moved from Columbus? Yeah. Yeah, from Columbus. Back so up. we stayed in Columbus, lived in in German Village for a while. Nice place. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was it, it was such a cool place. And uh, so when I was working for for NBBJ, uh, we did the state office tower. Um, of course I was an intern, so when I say we did, I you know, as a as a drafts person, but, um, you know, it, it took me months to detail the, the, the staircase at the state office tower. That was my assignment. Um, and then I did some interior design within, within, um, um, NBBJ. So I got some experience there. I, I thought, oh, I love, I loved it then, you know. But, but um, you loved the interior. Still, I was into the yeah. I I loved doing that, but I was still in the in the uh, architectural department. So then, when we moved here to, because I, my husband and I started talking about having families, so we thought, oh, we we need to stay closer to home. Um, so, so then we started, um, uh, transitioning then. And so when we, uh, when, uh, we moved here, I, I worked for like different, different, um, uh, architectural firms mm-hmm. and, you know, um, 
but NBBJ, I mean, I'm sorry, KA was pretty much what I called the firm that I worked okay. Formerly Kiva Kest, right? Right, right. And then it converted and, to KA. Yep. And now it's something else, and I'm yeah. not sure. So you worked for a variety of architecture firms in the Cleveland area, here being the Cleveland area. But right. you kind of call KA kind of the... Yeah, if you want to say like my home yeah. firm, it would be it. But but early on, you know, when I was just looking for jobs, I worked for Benjamin. Gosh, see, oh, that's terrible. I even, I forgot, I forgot the name already. But um, Paskovich as well, and he did uh, residential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are like Paskovich was a summer. Yeah. a summer internship. Um, but all of those uh, different experiences made me, you know, who I am today, so. Yeah, it's a fascinating experience, actually. Can I ask you, what is your order in with the siblings? Middle, front, oh, end? Second oldest. Second oldest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love how lives different life experiences align. So my wife's family in in the early 60s, her father was recruited from Firestone because he could speak fluent French to go set up a, a tire plant in Betune, France. He left the family and went over first because my wife's mother was pregnant with her. So when she when, when her mother rejoined, I, I probably have the story wrong, a month or two later, my wife was four weeks old and she had three other children under the age of four or five traveling to France to rendezvous with her husband. And so by the time they came back to the States after going from France to New Zealand, by the time they got back, like your family, they had, uh, at this time they had six children Wow. One on the way, and so they had seven children in ten wow. years, and had this kind of international, you know, first generation French Canadian yeah. living in Massachusetts, then going to France, then to New Zealand, and then here. But very similar, ten, ten children or seven children in ten years. Wow, and I, I wonder if it's, you know, I cannot imagine people doing that today. Um, so I don't know if it's because that generation, they were a little bit more, not so much daring, but, but, well, that too. Different risk profile, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The opera, the search for that great opportunity. Yeah. I think maybe in, in, back then is, is, uh, I don't know if it's prevalent back then, but I don't know anyone who's doing that today. And, and you know, while they have a large family. Yeah. But the kids today, I mean, they're, they're doing that, but, you know, as either a couple or, or pre right. um, bearing years. Yeah, there are a few. I mean, yeah, we could get into that even. My partner's sister, her and her husband live in Soviet Georgia, and they do wow. developmental work there, and they've always traveled with I mean, they've lived in Alaska and China, and they've always traveled, even while they had little kids. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, traveling with seven children, it, as you say, those experiences define, you know, and your parents had to basically start over, and they really define a family. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they had to start over. Different culture, too. Yeah, that's I mean, fascinating. So, so different. But what I'm happy about is that um they they didn't forget that culture because it's easy to to like sort of want to uh blend in mm-hmm. where you live but they were able to do both really and i you know the one thing that i do regret is when i raised my children that some of those um i i didn't I didn't really share so much. It's not so much that I didn't want to. It was just so, it, now I can appreciate how how hard it is really to, to um, 
make sure that you impart that with with your kids because yeah. it takes it takes so much time out of your day. A lot routine. of intentionality there to have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I love that background. So you you now let, let's talk a little bit, and then we'll come back to this um, in ter- just terms of the path. But so fast forwarding, you now own your own business and you specialize in interior design, right? Yeah, pretty much in, in kitchen and bath specifically. Right. So what, um, so what led you, because a lot of our listeners will register with the fact that they've, you know, almost all of us have all worked for someone else. And then as we worked, quote, for someone else or some other entity, now we led this path towards being an entrepreneur or just going into practice ourselves or whatever. So um, I, we could talk a lot about your experiences in architecture because that in and of itself is a whole show. But where did you deviate like to interior design more? And then what led you to your own space and place? Well, that's easy. That answer is pretty easy. Um, my kids, it's all about my kids. Okay. So. So in order to have a career that makes sense, and and really, I I have that passion to design, Um, doesn't matter what scale it is. Um, And in the commercial world, designing uh, big commercial buildings, you know, you have to, uh, there's only... Uh, one out of let's say 200 in a firm that can be a designer yeah. or you know right. you're always part of that staff um, and which was fine I still learned a lot from that but anyway so so uh, when I became pregnant with with my daughter Ashley um, 31 years ago I thought well this is a great opportunity for me to just go on my own because I needed to uh, create my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I needed to go create my own schedule because she had her own schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Babies have a tendency to have their own schedule. Uh, and then when they grow up to be toddlers and then school age, you know, the school be- dictates the, your schedule. So, um, and, and I thought, okay, I can do this. Uh, I have every confidence that I could learn whatever I need to learn to transition from that. And I, I, I guess maybe because I was so naive about that, that I, I just, you know, just went full force and did it. And, you know, it's, it's a totally different animal. Uh, as it turned out, um, but because of my background, um, at least with being an engineer or an architect, you are a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So you end up exercising that that skill, right? Mm-hmm. And at least you know how how to um, reach out to the certain disciplines that you need to get the answer that you need for a specific problem. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing. And then just slowly, but surely I just, I just kind of built that portfolio of skills, different skills, if you will. Um, but for the most part, the first thing that I really did was, was tap into other mothers who have like these these different skills in terms of of what they can bring to an interior design project? So with networking from this the school that my kids went to, and this is fast forwarding now. I have to have no. This is great. You know, so so now they're in in kindergarten and and whatever that grade school. Uh, I tapped into all the different mothers that have that have the ability to at that time for finishing was was the end thing and uh, painters and uh, 
somebody who could actually um, um, create a, um, a it, it, it's like a vinyl rug, if you will. So, and people who have um, can stage and all of that. So, so then I created this, I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And at that time I was just kind of playing um, this field. And, and then I started, I decided to just kind of form a coalition with all these, all these mothers and maybe create an R&D designs. And um, so we did that by our, our first was having a kind of a, a ratio of different skills. And, and at that time I was going to trade shows and I thought, you know, I can create a microscopic trade show. Mm. Uh, so, I held it at the house. At your house? And yeah, I and I had about 120 guests. And I still have like a handful of these clients so up to today and they they followed me throughout my career. Uh, but you know, there were like 10 of us, 10 10 mothers and I think I think I'm the only one standing so far, but <laughs> But, but they, you know, at that time they were all in different phases in their lives and just didn't work out, but, but, um, and some have moved. So, but I, it, it, it's been an in interesting experience and that's, that's where the spinoff was created from, from what it is today. Okay. What you see today is from that. And then what RMD designs is today. Yeah, and it's just from from probably I'd say from from people who came from from that open house, just their needs, answering their needs, and it just be it just grew so it, from that. It grew organically pretty much over those years. Pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, pretty much. This is really fascinating to me. I don't even know all the right questions to ask because so you you made what some would say compromises perhaps because you were committed to your children raising a family. Mm -hmm. But you decided that you said earlier that it was you had this passion for design if you will. You wanted to create a context in which you could still design. So you started designing. You wanted to continue to maintaining design. So you were freelancing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Off and on. Pretty much. And then yeah. I'm really yeah. interested. So you're a networker. We know, by the way, audience, Rose has over 20,000 Twitter followers. I'm so envious. <laughs> I'm at like three. Well, I don't know about 20,000, but yeah. About 14,000. You're over 10,000, yeah. which is really good. So you're a networker. And so I love how you put together this kind of organic connection of this coalition with other moms and you're saying these were painters or artisans, right? And then you had this open house. Yeah. You have a mini trade show you pulled together. And so this just continued to evolve into right. what RMD designs is today. Right. Right. Because um, at the, at that time, you know, the kids were still in, in grade school and, and as they, as, as they gotten older, then I had more free time. Then I would add more to my portfolio. Um, and then at some point, uh, I decided I just, oh, um, during the, the first downturn. Which was? I, well, what, 2008? Yeah. 2007. Just, just maybe months before that, I had an inkling. And I thought, I have a feeling that people are not going to be buying homes and I don't really want to design cookie cutter homes. Mm. Uh, and so what I wanted to do was really um, renovate existing homes. And that's, that's going to be where, where I'm, I'm going to really hone in my, my, my craft. What gave you so, that, what gave you that inkling? What in your gut said to you, well, there's a subprime you know, mortgage crisis going on here. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what it is. I I um I I think I was watching the real estate market and and trust me, I don't know. I honestly am not a, a, a professional or anything like that at real estate. Although I did I okay, another teensy bit teensy bit of of nugget here for you is that I used to be a uh, well, I was a licensed uh, real estate agent okay. um, many moons ago. But anyway, I I, um, I don't know. Something I, in I don't gut. know why I thought something, something in my gut just said that, and and uh, and I was I was um, I. I knew a contractor at that point and um, we were doing, oh yeah, we were, we were doing a, um, a project together and um, just having conversations with some clients, I, I think, and just made me think that most people are not going to be buying homes and just, uh, you know, renovating their own, but mm. I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I can't pinpoint the reason That's why funny. I decided to do this. Um, so then I started marketing that. And, um, and so now because of that reason, I've got this portfolio and we're back at it again, doing renovations again. So, yeah. and it's never slowed down for me really, but now it's again, as hot, hot as it was. So the, and I've heard that more with, you know, we've seen this in COVID since it hit, people are investing mm -hmm. in their homes, their existing homes. So you've seen an increase in your work since COVID? Yes, definitely. Uh, not, not during, I, I was, I was um, uh, spending so much time doing Zoom Zoom meetings, you know, back in March, that's all we did, <laughs> Zoom meetings, March till like maybe the first week of April. And they're saying, oh, just you wait They're, yeah. you know, everyone is going to be uh, sitting in their homes and they can't help yeah. but stare at this, this, <laughs> you know, thing that they haven't touched in forever. Yeah. And and so sure enough it's what's happening right wow. but but the funny thing is in in like maybe late april beginning of, of june nobody wanted you in their house though right right uh so we would do projects outside first you know patio um hardscape work so i did some of that and um that got me by, you know, around April. And I had also a project that was put on hold for two years and they decided, oh yeah, why did we put it on hold for two years? Let's get back to that. And because I've been at their house before and I've already measured, um, yeah, it was, it was just easy for me to continue that project. So that was, that was uh, something that I I did, uh, you know, at the beginning of June. Then, oh. so so all this investment, all this collateral, all this all this time, all these clients you build over the years that are now home, looking and staring at yeah. things that they're not satisfied with every day. So that is manifesting, and so you're seeing your work increase through the year. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, I, so in that I, way, the COVID thing, I mean, the COVID thing has good and bad results. There's certainly a lot of people suffering, and we all know some of them, yeah. whether it's directly due to COVID or the outfall. So we want to be sensitive yeah. to that. But there have been many other positives, or should I just say shifts, like things that are shifting instead of traveling or building new or buying new, people are investing in here or in a local or whatever. Right. And um, yes. That that's interesting that you're seeing it as well. Now you're you're so you're emphasizing all all forms of residential design, but you also said you 
your specialty is more in kitchens and baths, right? At my specialty, I should say in addition. Addition? Addition and kitchens and baths. Are most of your clients residential homeowners or contractors or both? Um, I would say both, but heavier on actual residential homeowners. When, when the residential uh, homeowner brings you in, and you start designing and developing, um, are you assisting them with securing or referring them to other contractors or are they going out and getting their own or is it a combination? It's a combination. It depends on the clients. It, what, you know, if, if they do have uh, someone that they've worked with in the past, um, they'll, they'll let me know that in the beginning before I write the proposal. Uh -huh. So it's always good to know that ahead of time because if I work with um, someone I'm not too familiar with, then obviously um, there's, uh, there's a little, there's a difference yeah. in that proposal. Are you, um, what's, um, so like, Residential, I mean, frankly, this is pretty unique. You're pretty unique in that residential is a tough space to work in. Um, do you have projects of all sizes? Are you doing, you know, dozens of proposals, hundreds of proposals, a few proposals? I mean, what does that look like? Well, um, it's, it's sometimes I, I, you know, I don't have time to like, like, look and see how many projects I have at the moment. I've been just like constantly um, just revolving those, those project phases. Yeah. So um, right now um, I have, let me think, I have one big project that's, that involves total renovation of first floor second floor hmm. i actually have two of those and then i have um i know i'm gonna miss one but i have two kitchen renovations and great and that and i'm talking about just today yeah and i have two interior design hmm. and to be honest interior design is time consuming yeah because uh, there's a lot of curating of, of products and stuff. Selection, um, you mean selections, selection. fabrics, textures, yeah. colors. Yes. Are you working around? Yeah. Are you working around the country, as well as regionally, locally, or mainly just locally, regionally? Um, most mostly regionally. Okay. But I have I have worked. Um, uh, in Connecticut, um, um, Michigan, um, Dallas, hmm. um, I, I can't remember now, but, yeah. but, you know, sometimes, um, friends move yeah, and they're familiar with me. They don't know it or not trust anyone where they moved to. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened in Connecticut. That makes sense. Uh, I, and then I, I did a project in Dallas and then a, a referral, uh, a referral after that project. So two projects in Dallas. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I now with, with the zoom, I can pretty much do that. It, it was, a little harder before yeah. uh, to do, but but now you know with the tools that we have, the technology that we have, it's it's been interesting. Yeah, uh, in some way we've had more meeting interactions because people have to get online. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we've always said even in our business, and and many others can resonate this way too. The best way to pick up a new client is when a client relocates to another company and says, well, that's my engineering firm or that's my interior designer. We've picked up more clients through referral or through transference of jobs yeah. or location 
probably than any other single means over the years. Um, I, I've had some clients who have been at four or five or six different companies over 30 years and they take us to every company and then that company becomes a client. Yeah. And in your yeah. case, you got the referral in Dallas from the relocation and that's certainly a yeah. market. So, you know, my wife, she would, she would say, ah, oh, no. like she's a design person too. Like she's happiest when she's creating and she's, to me, she's so good with color and texture and, you know, she's not a formally trained interior designer, but she just so she's got such a good eye. And I just am left fascinated by like I can't ever even pick the right color on things. So can we talk about interior design for a minute? Like those. Yeah. Because you say there's a lot of curating in interior design, but then you're also you're drawing or you're networking, like because you're you're laying out cabinets and and additions and and room spaces and all that. But how do you go about when you when you're doing an interior design job i've got so many questions like i think of how does the interior colors like we do curtain walls so how do interior colors coordinate even with high performance wall systems when they reach the, the edge and you're doing residential homes so how do you go about picking textures colors surfaces forms like what does that process look like is that too big of a question too vague uh well uh, well, let me see if I can at least tap into a certain project and I'll like it. Because each project is different how you attack that project. Well, the thing that's fascinating um, to me, like each project is different. But to me, part of the challenge, there is a process. part of it being an interior designer, how do I say, is that you can't just emphasize your likes and your desires. You have to listen to what your client likes and wants. And then you have to be able to, in an objective manner, apply that with your touch right so that must be difficult right. sometimes it, it it's very difficult because you know everybody has different styles so you have to kind of have this discovery uh meeting with your client and he has all the questions uh you know what's your favorite color um how do you see the space flow from one to another was you know um how you have to figure out the adjacencies in, ter in terms of the rooms and that changes sometimes, even though it is residential, sometimes it changes. It's, you know, it depends on, on their lifestyle or maybe they don't want to uh, act on that previous lifestyle and they want to have a new lifestyle, mm. you know, meaning like maybe, maybe, you know, having, having the four kids finally they're you know they're they're out of the house and 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 you're an empty nester but you like to entertain so what does that look like yeah you know or or now with a pandemic it's 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 different too do we do they want to to react to that now or do 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 they want to um change it up a little bit uh and moving forward do they are they still going to be working from home for a while or are they going to, you know, if they have, if they have kids, do they really need that separation mm. um, um, from work and, and um, you know, the study hours or, you know, and what, what colors do they need to kind of calm everybody down? That's another thing. There's psychology and in all the different colors. Um, and there's, you know, the, the big trend uh, was to open everything up. Do, do they really want to do that now with a pandemic? Um, you know, do I want to hear the kids running around and, and, um, uh, and um, come into the office whenever they want while I have this, you know, Zoom meeting going on? Mm -hmm. um, or, or uh, you know, what did your your work say? Are you going to to be working from home up until the end of 2021? Are you gonna, you know, are you you think your space now is is uh, conducive to that kind of environment, or or do you think that we need to 
do something with that space uh, and then be able to easily turn it into something else after the pandemic. Yeah, there's so many questions hmm. like that that, that really have to listen to. Yeah. And sometimes they don't sometimes they don't know the quest the right questions to ask. Sure. So, so you're trying to draw uh, it out of them. Yeah. And and you you know, a, a lot of times it's that personality. You're trying to to bring out that personality or or you know what, yeah. what they've been doing over the years. Um so you're asking you're asking lifestyle. So you're asking the why questions, like the motivations, the lifestyle. How do you want to live? How do you want to dwell? How do you want to operate in this home environment? And I love you that you're bringing up the COVID thing. Have you seen trends? Like I've been thinking about mm, office environments from home. Some people have really good workspaces, typically either young couples. Well. Yeah. Typically empty nesters that have a lot of space and no children around. Young couples have right. some challenges in that you've got two people in a one-bedroom apartment or a small home. Or, and then younger couples with children running around or doing school there. Have you seen any trends going from open to closed or hybrid spaces? Or any, like, are people really asking a lot of these questions in terms of the work-from-home thing? It is... Right now, the questions are there. I have not seen any specific trends. Okay. Um, but the questions are being posed, and and um, has it impacted I, it, your design work? You know, right now, um, it has for one one project, but. The, the solution, though, because it was summertime, the solution was to bring the indoor living out. I see. Meaning, so now they're starting to realize, I think, okay, winter is upon us. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and, and, and I don't think people realize that, that um, this is going to go on for just a little bit longer than than we had anticipated, I, I think. I think and so, there's, too. Yeah, there's a lot of solutions specifically specifically for, for a family or, or how, how your current layout is. And it's, it's all going to differ because everyone has different layouts. Yeah. Existing layouts. So. I, I like that. Hey, we got to run with this topic for a minute because um, let's face it, we live in Northeast Ohio for, and we have listeners from around the world, by the way. So they're like, what is here? Where is here? This is between Akron and Cleveland, Ohio. We live in Northeast Ohio. What does that mean? For about six months of the year, we're pretty much inside. From about now till mid-April, it's mostly inside, except the crazy day when, you know, we all come out all pasty on a what crazy wonderful day and then we okay. run back inside when it gets cold so yeah. i th i you know my wife and i have talked about that a lot we have to have a reasonably a reasonable home environment inside because we're going to be in there a lot however her and i are coming to grips so same thing bring the inside out we have a screen in porch and we have spent almost every day some portion of the day or evening on the screen in porch well now it's getting cold so now we're looking at solutions to take um, and, and enclose the porch with temporary plastic frames or, or glass frames with a space heater so we can enjoy the outdoors. And then how do you visit with friends? How do you create enough space inside to mask and have enough room inside? Or how do you get in an outside space and still take time to host with friends? Because you're right, this is going... I mean, I'm just right. going to throw out my prediction is when my some of my board members and I first started talking, we were thinking September 2021. I, I don't think you're going to see normalcy until the end of 2021 if there is herd immunity or vaccine. What's your opinion there? I, you know, I'm no expert, but I think so. If I'm, I mean, you know, um, Someone did tell us, someone did warn us that we are, it's, 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 um, it's, it's going to get worse 
right about now and and I'm seeing it. It is, yeah. And now I've heard that that um, I've read somewhere that this may um, take us to the end of 2021. I agree. So yeah. I and I I believe that. I, I do. That. So what? I love this. There is a solution for you. Okay. There is a solution for you. There is a vendor. And I've, I, so I've been going to trade shows because I, you know, uh, I believe in, in um, just, just bringing in all the knowledge out there in terms of what's available in the construction industry. And um, for whatever reason, I, I just got hooked on this outdoor living when I went to the last Cavis, uh, which is a kitchen and bath industry show. But for but um, this was an outdoor kitchen. Uh, in that booth, um, they had it, it. You can it. It looks like a pergola, really, but it's out of extruded aluminum. Uh, and in this. Structure you can bring in uh, a louvered, a louvered uh, ceiling to it, so you can open it, you can close it, and it has an internal drainage, uh, and it, it just kind of the, the water, so you're protected from the elements. Mm -hmm. um, and also with that, you you could integrate uh, speakers, lights, sure. fans, yeah. and heaters, and and you can't even see. Yeah. But that should yeah. take you, that should buy you another couple of months being outside. Yeah, I've actually, this sounds like a pretty inexpensive solution, but I think I'm going to go with four mil clear marine plastic. It's a marine grade plastic that they use on boats. Um, either sew or create uh, edges to it with a grommet and grommet tool and then literally hook or Velcro to the outside because I, I don't have time to create a broader solution. And I have a wonderful uh, Mr. Heater care, uh, uh, propane space heater that runs on a 20 gallon and, and it can heat about 750 square feet. So it allows one to at least go out and it's 55 or 60 on your porch and still potentially visit with friends and family in different circles without having to just be locked down for the so yeah different isn't it an interesting yeah yeah it, it's so it's been interesting. what colors are calming colors you mentioned there are colors that are calming what color palettes are calming uh blues and greens it's nature type um uh, yeah yeah exactly what colors are energizing um so colors that are energizing are reds and orange. Um, I forget what yellow was, but that's like um, promotes. I have to get, that's not a very popular one. So I, I have mm -hmm. to, I still have to research on some of these all the so, time, but yeah, there's definitely psychology and colors. So the colors that, People choose, it depends on their personality, if it's an office or if it's a relaxing space, if it's an entertainment area or not, and then it has to kind of match a certain color variation that they are okay with, different grades. Is that correct, gradients? Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing, um, you know, you, you, there's a way to break the rule if somebody really wants a certain color, but you, you know, and you feel like it's really forcing that specific color, but you, you have to kind of know how a certain color is 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 uh, the, the 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 different um, hues for a different color. Like you know, um, say if if I can't even think of a specific thing, but I I always break the rule. Oh, you but do. You have to know. Well, yeah, you have to know the. You have you have to know um, how to break the rules. I love it's, it. It's not it's it's not you know it's it's not arbitrary. You have to know how um, to break the rules. How you can. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. I've got a I've got an idea. Tell me what you think of this idea. 
somebody's going to steal it now, of course. Of course, they probably already have done this. I'm behind. Um, and as an interior designer and an architect, you would be great at this. So for families that have a very small home or a difficult interior, there's no way to really create a good work from home space. Pre-made, like modular, non-building permit kind of spaces, pods, if you will, that are pre-wired for internet plug-in that have like a plug that you can, you can plug into the house and into the space, um, insulated, um, 100 square foot, his and hers, or hers and hers, or his and his, whatever, where you can actually put it on the patio or put it in the backyard, or even interior spaces you could put in the basement or something that just says, I need to be left alone, or I need an efficient workspace. We've already got jacked up for wireless or headphones or computer or lighting. Um, have you seen that? Or what do you think of that? I have. Okay. <laughs> But I, I can't think of who, but yes, I have. I, I, I've seen that. Um, and for interiors, um, have you heard of Neocon? No. Uh, Neocon, um, gosh, what does it mean? It's, um, hmm. Me and I forget, but it's in Chicago. But it's really meant for um, for contract work, meaning like um, uh, commercial commercial interiors. Mm -hmm. So I went to uh, maybe last June's Neocon. Mm -hmm. By the way, they're not going to have it this coming June, but they're thinking that they're going to have it in October mm -hmm. next year. But um, a lot of your, maybe a lot of your uh, followers may know about Neocon. So um, there, it was kind of the trend about, about that time that they had these pods because um, for whatever reason, you know, uh, because of the openness, a lot of a lot of um, employees were complaining about you know it's it's just way too open. I could hear too their, noisy. It, it's too noisy. It's distracting. So they have these pods then that that these firms, big firms, would purchase. And uh, if you have if you have a meeting or if you have a phone call or you, you, you can just kind of sign up to go to these, one of these. Yeah. And it's only, it's only um, like an eight by eight. And sometimes it's only six by six. It's like a booth really. So it's a, it's a booth. Yeah. Booth concept. That, yeah. Yeah. And I don't see why you couldn't do that for, for, for residents. I was envisioning, you know, keep it under the school, you know, Keep it out of building department hands. Um, yeah, you can literally yeah, plug it into your outside outlet at the house and uh, and work. Uh, I was talking to my niece and her husband. They have a two year old, and they're both working from home. She's a professor, and he's an IT guy. And like, well, where do you work? Well, he works in the living room, and then I work in this space until the nap, and then I work in that space. And he said, Well, that used to be my space. Well, now it's my space, and they're you know, they're really doing an amazing job. And I just thought, boy, what if we could just set a little pot on four concrete pilasters in back and have, you know, be able to, while the kid's napping or, you know, they're swapping out double shifts or whatever, they could do it. So it's good. Yeah. Somebody, somebody probably has that solution. I think it's a great. Well, it's all about the finishes then. Yeah. You know, this one is very commercial looking and, and it's, it's all, encased in, in glass yeah and you know you don't want that for the house no and you you should be able to to um easily put that up yeah well for the for those who don't know i i just have to say as we start looking at wrapping up um i don't want to wear you out rose is a uh real marathoner here she spent 
three hours on a Zoom up until three o'clock, right before this one. So that's some serious chops on Zoom. I my glaze over after a few teams. I, I have a Monday where I have a bunch of teams meetings, probably five or six 45 minute to an hour meetings. And at the end of the day, I'm just wiped out, you know? Right. So yes. Really good. I know. Who would have thought that that yeah. that um, just just having Zoom meetings would would wipe you out. Rose, we have a, about 10 topics we could do a whole other series on. I love the fact that you're an immigrant, really, your family were immigrants, that they started over, they did whatever it took. You're really of an internet, you international from Philippines to Canada to here, you know, trained as an architect, have worked for people, have your own business. We didn't even talk much about your own business. Um, and then just all the aspects of interior design. Uh, so a couple things with your business, you actually have a showroom, right? And an office. Yes. And, yeah. and it is, that's RMD designs, right? Yep. In Hudson, Ohio. And that is located in Hudson, Ohio, correct? Yeah, that's right. Now, yep. can people find you on the web? Yes, people can find me on the web. Um, uh, rmddesigns.com. So rmddesigns.com. And yeah. if they're in the Northeast Ohio area, they can come visit you at your showroom or is it closed right now due to COVID? No, I I actually opened up in June. Okay. So uh, the staff, uh, initially we had to alternate days. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're open, we're open, we're closed now on Mondays, so I can have, uh, just, I, I work here on Mondays, but the showroom is closed. Just so you can have Mondays. peace and quiet and get um, stuff done. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but Tuesdays through, through Friday, nine to five, That's we're open and they can Google us. They'll find us. Give them directions. Yeah. And <clears throat> I've always been impressed with your Twitter presence. Um, where do we find you on Twitter? What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, the handle is RMD underscore designs. RMD underscore. I, I, and that's, you know, that's it, your handle. That's your site. RMD underscore designs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my Twitter handle. And I'm also on Instagram like you. Under the same handle. At um, RMD underscore designs. RMD underscore designs. That's yeah. pretty important to be on I, Instagram. Are you on Pinterest? I am on Pinterest, but you know what they early on, and I don't know if it's true, but early on, um, the social media gurus would say, um, just focus on two things, be good at those. Yeah. And and forget about all the others. So I guess I just focus on Twitter because that's the first one yeah. that I learned, and then um, and then Instagram or no, and then Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well. Okay. As R and D designs, <clears throat> I don't know if there's an underscore there, but so you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do you you have a personal profile on LinkedIn? Don't you? I do. Okay. I do. I. I Great. I have that. I hardly visit that, but sometimes I'm I'm on there. So our audience—it's just very social, and and um, and it's hard to like. I I I don't understand LinkedIn, so I'm just there sometimes to just promote Link, the city. LinkedIn or, is a big jam for me. Like LinkedIn is highly underrated. I think I have about yeah. five thousand five hundred connections on LinkedIn. And wow, that's more than my Twitter and. Uh, you know, I can't. I, in fact, I saw a lot of people talking about this yesterday while we're on social media. I, I seem to be kind of locked at third, like 3,900 followers on Twitter. I get new ones all the time, but then other ones drop off. And I saw a lot of people saying, hey, I'm stuck at 21,000. Hey, I'm stuck at 24,000. In no, no advancement. I, I almost, it almost makes me wonder if there's some like equality thing on Twitter. Or they can't take on more. People aren't allowed to have too many. I see others that just keep you know, accelerating. I don't know. It's weird to me. Yeah. I think Twitter is a different animal. Um, 
it's changed over the years. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know who my followers are anymore, meaning that yeah. I, you know, I can't like pinpoint um, their, their characteristics or yeah. what their interests are. I just, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I talk about football, which is, you know. Yeah, that's like, fun. Who wants to hear about football from a designer? No, it makes it fun. <laughs> so, so people can find you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook if they uh, want to talk interior design, understand interior design or um, other things. Um, believe it or not, we are like, we have already gone on for about an hour. It has sailed by. Wow. Um, I wow. could go on for a lot more time, but um, I think probably for the sake of the audience and for the sake of your time, we should look at a journey. Um, any any final comments or thoughts on interior design or social media or anything on your end? Oh, gosh. You know, it, things are always evolving. Things are always changing. So whatever I say today might not apply tomorrow. That's so. Fun. That that would be my lasting comments. Is for me, it's just it's 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 always been that way. Yeah. Very, I you know, it's everything is very organic. I never had to pay for followers, uh, like some people, but but um, no, I, I I'm good. It's, yeah. it's been great. It's been fun. No, that's a great comment. Um, for those listening, guess what? You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to think this this week and that next week. I said to one of my managers this week, you know what? I thought about this over the weekend. I'm convinced this is what we need to do. And I said, you know what? I could change my mind a week from now, but I'm going to try to stay on it. I, I think this is the way we need to go, but no guarantees. So That's right. you're allowed to change your mind. Well, thank you for your time and uh, energy. And um, we'll look forward to talking to you, catching up offline. But uh, thanks again, Rose. It's been great. Thanks, John. This is fun. I, I don't know what I fretted over. <laughs> You've been great. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up the podcast for today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Um, we'll look forward to other engagements in the future. Have a great day.